Hey, welcome to Orange Grove Investments, and we give you one action a day to invest in your financial future. Today, we're going to, going to be talking about the first step to secure a financial future, which is building a resilient financial foundation. So what's most important here is starting on the right foot in your financial journey. That is absolutely crucial. There are investment bankers, there are athletes, there are people that make a lot of income that have no idea how to manage their financial future. Uh, but the regular everyday person, same thing. It's something that we're not taught in school. It's not something that some parents don't teach their kids as well, or we're not brought up with. And we want to give you the basics uh, and as a community grow together and make sure that we are all becoming financially sound. We are building our financial futures. And this is really a first step in that process. So a sound financial lifestyle involves living within and really below your means. So that means that uh, you need to spend less than you're making. And while that sounds really simple to do, a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people go into debt, they use credit cards, they swipe, 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 and they do not save. Um, they do not know how much they're spending on a monthly basis. And they look up and you end up in this really deep credit card debt. And then it's not even so much the fact that you're spending. The double whammy of that is the fact that there's an interest rate associated with that. And there are credit cards. I technically didn't have any idea because I just never used credit that much that the interest rate on credit cards can be 20, 30%, which is crazy. So if you don't pay the balance off because you spent too much that month, they're going to charge you 20 to 30% of interest on top of what uh, you already owe, which is wild to me. Uh, I feel like that's predatory, but hey, that's the credit system in the world that we live in. So that is why you want to live below your means because they just start taking all your money. While the idea is simple of trying to get this really resilient financial foundation set in place, um, it's really important to do first before starting to think about any sort of savings and investment strategy. Otherwise, you know, the biggest thing that you should think about is, is the money that I'm making from saving, um, and investing, making more than the money that's going out because I have credit card debt or because I haven't set the financial foundation for myself. So in order to invest, we first need to really set up a sound financial base. With Orange, Grove, with Orange Grove Investments, we emphasize continuous learning, community building, practicality. This stuff is not straightforward all the time. Um, or it's a consistent effort of focusing on building your financial future. Something that you're consistently doing. Either there's a cadence to each of the parts of what you're doing. Uh, so our goal here is to build this as a community. I'm learning, um, and the things that I learn, I want to pass on to you, and I want to get better, and I want you to get better, and I want you to pass on to your friends and family so they can get better too. So this is a community, us all building this together. In order to do that, my goal here is to provide systems, really easy systems organized systems so that this is a simplified, guided way for you to get through 
all of the noise that comes along with financial planning and building toward your financial future. So this is going to be a step-by-step system that helps you take action, not just reading something and then putting it down, but actually taking action, making this as automated as possible, monitoring it and evaluating it to make it even better. All of this within one system. So let's dive into this and we can dig in more. So let's begin at the basics here. Step one, it's all about automated savings. In terms of automated savings, you want to open up a savings account, such as with Ally. I like Ally uh, because they don't have all these crazy hidden fees that I will not name the banks that do have those hidden fees, but it's very frustrating when you look at your bank statement and you see hidden fees that you weren't expecting and that you don't remember being told about. Um, But Ally is a good one. I'll address the fees in the second point here. But um, a set having a set monthly auto transfer for your automated savings is so incredibly important because you not seeing the money that you're saving and it just automatically coming out helps in you saving. Um, you want to consistently breed that success of saving. And the way to do that is just to never see that money going out so that you know it's just you're working with a lower balance every month. You have no idea that it's going out. You don't have to think about or manually put in the work to make that savings happen. So let automation work for you. Um, let automation be your ally in growing your savings. And I really do like Ally Bank right now as of this podcast date. Um, you are getting a pretty high interest rate for setting up a savings account. And Ally has a pretty good savings account interest rate as well. From uh, how often you should check this, I would say check it monthly. That should be your periodic checkpoint to just see what is my savings, how is it going. It's motivating. It could be turned into a bit of a game if you want, but that is the first step. The second step is shielding your wallet, protecting against unexpected charges and fees. As I said before, one of the most frustrating things to me is going into my account and seeing that I have fees, monthly fees that are being assessed because I have a low balance or, and I didn't know that I couldn't transfer money between accounts or they're charging me a fee for that. Um, so set low balance alerts. So there aren't any problems with fees from a low balance perspective or overdraft fees or anything like that, which these banks will get you if you're not careful. So between low balance, um, having a bounce check fee, for example, because you had a low balance, maybe because you were transferring money between accounts, uh, trying to be savvy, and they hit you with one of those fees, or uh, you don't know that you have to have a minimum in your account. So what I would say is you want to regularly review your bank and card statements, first of all, to make sure you're not being assessed fees, because sometimes it's also mistakes. Sometimes it's them, and you do not want to have to eat give them money that they don't deserve. Um, and really, I feel like they shouldn't be charging you fees anyways, but that's a different story. So the thought here, just, thought here is that you want to protect your money from unforeseen fees to make sure your savings remain intact. The whole goal here is to protect your savings so that you can continue to grow your savings and allow those investments to compound. Let your money work for you. Let your money be an asset. You want to do this monthly. 
Uh, this is a way to just make it manageable. Looking at it on a monthly basis, just like you're looking at your savings account on a monthly basis, will help you manage this and feel like it's manageable for you. The third point that I want to talk about is tackling debt. Listen, if I had it to redo, I would have no bad debt. And we'll talk about on a different episode what bad debt actually is. But one of those is credit card debt. They are evil. Credit can work for you. If you're paying it off every month, you're paying it on time early, I would say, three days before it's due every month. You can very much so build your credit in that way. You can take advantage of the perks and the points of those cards. But if you get that wrong, whoo, they will come for you. Uh, those high interest debts like credit card debt will start to just eat into your savings, which is going to eat into your ability to invest and allow that money to compound and start to make money on top of money. So you want to prioritize paying off that high interest debt. And high interest debt is not just credit card debt. It's also uh, it's also uh, it can be can be student loan debt. Student loan debt actually isn't super high interest rate unless it's maybe a private loan. Um, but any other debt you may have that's outstanding, you just want to be very careful with that, particularly credit card debt. But all debt overall, you want to try and get rid of to the extent possible, unless it's working for you somehow. We can talk about that in another episode as well. So consider low or no interest credit cards, like um, those that can be found on NerdWallet. So I'll look at NerdWallet to figure out what are those cards. Um, they do reviews on cards all the time. See which ones have the lowest interest rate uh, so that you're not being charged crazy fees on a monthly basis. See what perks they have and which ones work for you. I'm not going to provide uh, examples on this because it changes and NerdWallet is the best resource to figure out what those different cards are. Again, any of the companies that I mentioned, banks, review sites, et cetera, that I mentioned here, I'm not being paid to mention them. It's just my recommendation. So again, debt can really anchor you down. So freeing yourself from it lets you sell really smoothly towards financial goals if you can get your, this under control. And again, you want to tackle this on a monthly basis. When the credit card is due three days before, pay that debt off monthly, do it consistently until it's just gone. You don't have to worry about it. So the fourth point here is you want to equip yourself with insurance. I had no idea for the longest time into my 20s that insurance was so important or there were certain insurances that I needed, right? So I never really used my employer's insurance, health insurance, except for monthly or yearly checkups for going to the doctor, my annual physical um, or maybe getting my glasses or, and those things are important because they can cost a lot, but you do want to make sure that you have health insurance, auto insurance, same thing if you have a car, homeowners or renter's insurance. This is embarrassing to, to say, but I just had no idea that you need to, needed renter's insurance. Um, but lesson learned. Some buildings do require it. Some of the ones that I lived in did not. Um, but the the last two that I really want to talk about are life insurance and long-term disability. Listen, the earlier that you get long-term disability and these types of insurance, like life insurance, the better. Uh, because the fees, the premiums that you're paying are going to be lower. So the fees on a monthly basis are going to be lower because you're healthier, right? So yes, you're going to be paying out 
at a time that you are healthier and likely something's not going to go wrong. Um, but the older you get, the harder it is for you to either get underwritten. Some companies just won't underwrite you, period. They won't allow you to sign up with them is what that means. Um, and so long-term disability, life insurance, you want to get that as early as possible. So they essentially don't think that you're going to become unhealthy or that you already are unhealthy. So they'll charge you a lower monthly fee. Chop it up to the system. That's how it works. I know it sucks to have to pay, call it $30 per month in life insurance and long-term disability. That is considered something of a long-term investment, a long-term investment in your life because things go wrong. Anything could happen. You could end up in a car accident. You could die early and you want either your family or yourself to be taken care of in the case that those things do happen. So life insurance takes care of um, your descendants, people that you would be leaving money to, and then your long-term disability in the case that you do get unhealthy, you get sick, you get in a car accident, something happens, long-term disability will cover those charges. And we'll talk about this in another episode as well. But long-term disability is something that I wish more people had. And I wish more people talked about as well. Long-term disability is one of those things that if you do get, or let me say not long-term disability, but if you do get sick and you end up in the hospital or you get in an accident of some sort and you end up in the hospital, personal bankruptcy is so crazy. Um, Health expenses, healthcare expenses, medical expenses are one of the primary reasons people go into personal bankruptcy. So having this long-term disability where they're going to pay you out a significant sum of money because of the fact that you've been paying into this insurance policy is incredibly important. And do not underestimate the fact that life happens things happen and you want to be prepared and you just consider this one of those things that you have to pay out of your paycheck on a monthly basis. The earlier you do it, the better. You can find these different types of insurance on platforms like uh, there's a number of them out there. Just Google them. You'll see what those are to figure out what those uh, options are. I believe there's one called Policy Genius that you can use. But insurances are absolutely safety nets. They protect you and your loved ones from life's uncertainties. And trust me, those uncertainties are coming. So the more you set yourself up, the better off you are. And I'll shamelessly say the same thing with savings accounts. Things are going to happen where you're going to need to use um, emergency funds, excuse me, emergency funds. And we'll just discuss that in a later point. So the next one would be creating passive wealth. Now that you have those foundations set up, now you can start talking about creating that passive wealth and that's starting to invest, right? And you want to invest with low fee brokers. You can find those on things like on platforms like Robinhood or on Vanguard. Vanguard is one that is well, uh, highly recommended by a lot of seasoned people, um, but that's just one of the platforms you can use. There's Fidelity as well. And there are a lot of different investment options. And I will say this because some people think to seem to think that this isn't, uh, or this maybe isn't a thing, but it absolutely is. Just because you put the money into the account does not mean it's growing for you. It has to be invested. 
So you have to choose investment options. If you did not know that you need to choose investment options, you absolutely do. And you would do this on a quarterly basis. So look at once it's all set up, you know, take a look at your accounts, see does anything need to change? You can also use things like Grobo advisors, there's wealth fronts, and then I know that's highly recommended. At times they do take a fee, but they'll make sure your investments remain balanced. Do not let your analysis paralysis step in here. Just start. So set up an account, link it to your bank account, and get that going. Monitor it on a quarterly basis. Uh, moving on from that, look, I understand it's hard times and a lot of people don't make enough to feel like they can save. They don't make enough to feel like they can invest. And trying to build out a career when these employers don't want to pay you as much as you should be paid is wild. It's something that absolutely should be fixed. I completely agree with that. Um, and that being said, you really have to take it into your own hands to figure out and manage your life and your career. And in another episode, I know I keep on saying in another episode, we're going to learn all this together and make sure that this community is prepared for all that life is going to throw at you in terms of trying to make more, in terms of dealing with employers, in terms of dealing with your financial future, all the things are connected. So you want to expand your earning potential and keep refining it. So, and you're and refining your skill set is what I mean by that. So, listen, if I had it to redo, I would learn as many hard skills, technical skills as I could, or like the highest paying technical skills. Um, my family was very big on making sure that we weren't going into career paths that weren't going to pay a lot. I know you want to focus on your passion or you think that you have time. Honestly, time is not on your side when you're dealing with trying to build a career. And I have seen a number of kids that were preparing for their careers in high school. And I feel like this is one of those wealthy people hacks where they start preparing for their, their kids, not only for their financial future when they are born, but then also they prepare them for their careers when they're in middle school. There were kids at my high school that were literally having internships. I had an internship and that was just a fluke just because I was interested, but an internship on Wall Street in high school. And they were learning a very high paying skill set at a very early age that just continued to compound. And this is something that I would say is an, uh, Warren Buffett says that compounding interest is, is the eighth wonder of the world. I will say that starting early is another wonder of the world on um, compounding skill sets, compounding time, I will say, not skill sets, but compounding time is the another wonder of the world because the earlier, I mean, I guess that's basically what I'm trying to say, or Warren Buffett is trying to say compounding interest is time is so precious. The earlier you can start building a skill set and building expertise, the faster you can monetize it because you don't only have to work for an employer, right? You can also work for yourself. You can provide consulting services so that earlier you master something, likely in something that is a high earning career, the better off you are. So I would start learning about what those are and start really building your professional career. I 
and advise my kids and work with my kids on that is what do you like? What are you good at? Let me say it's almost like the Japanese ikigai framework where it's what do you like? What are you good at? What's a service to the world, right? Is figuring out what that looks like because some people are good at marketing. Some people are good at finance. You're not going to be good at everything. So let's just start there. You're not going to be good at everything. I know for sure I am not good at everything. And so it's incredibly important that you figure out what it is that you're good at and start thinking about professionally how you can apply it. We don't live in a world that's going to be nice to you and think that and give you the time to figure it out. We just don't live in that world anymore. And I am just a big proponent of looking at how what you're good at fits into high paying careers. So uh, not only get the careers that your employer gives you, but also that you can set on the side uh, or do on the side by yourself. So make sure that you're looking at how you can increase your earning potential in really interesting ways. The other thing I would say here is, you know, make sure that don't discount yourself in this area. There are people that will hire you if you have the skill set or even if you're hungry. Listen, I took the shot. I was incredibly scared to go out and just start consulting for people saying, hey, I love building businesses. I love learning about businesses and I want to work with you. I'm willing to do anything that you need me to do. And yes, you're not going to get yeses all the time, but there are people that did say yes. And I've worked with five or six different clients at any given point to uh, to help them in building their business. And I was surprised when I looked up that people actually did say yes to me, but there are absolutely people that will say yes. So just know it's one of those things that it's consistency. Don't give up keep on trying to go out and get it. Really, when they say that the people that are consistently working toward their goal and not letting things get in the way of getting to that goal are the ones that typically are the ones that are successful. It is so true. You just got to keep going and stay in the race. So that's point number six about just your earning potential and refining um, your skill set to earn more. You know, it's common to feel like you're not starting with enough, but remember the eighth wonder of the world is compounding interest and every journey has to start with a single step. You are not going to be able to swallow the whole elephant. You have to start just with one step and let it build every day, work on it. And then you'll look up, it'll be a year. That's 365 days. If you just saved a dollar a day, that's $365 in a year. Imagine what that looks like compounding at 10% interest or 7% interest over time. So, you know, by being informed, by being proactive and consistent, you're setting yourself up for a really bright, bright financial future. And I want to make sure that we're doing this together, that this community is doing this together and that I can provide as much useful information as possible. So stick with us at Orange Grove Investments. We're building this community to build wealth, uh, to build a community of people that have financial security I truly believe that this is one of the things that holds people back from access to opportunities. And I wholeheartedly believe that this is something we can fix if we are disseminating the information and we're working toward these goals together one dollar at a time. So here's to the future that we're all going to thrive together. If you found this useful at all, please share, like, 
comments on this. Uh, you can find the transcript of this in the description and let's do this together. So until next time, great, great working. So until next time, uh, great working together. All right. Thanks. Bye.